This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Matthew, we've got a really different idea for this episode of Perspectives. You've got a different idea for this. <laughs> okay, so it's the, a good idea, I uh, think. A uh, good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're on board. Uh, the idea being is, I want you, and when I say you, I'm not talking to Matthew. I'm talking to you, who's listening, mm. to imagine that you are here with us, and the, we want to answer the basic question of, well, what's what's the Christian worldview? What do you what do you guys actually think about yep. the universe and everything? Yeah, you know why why Christianity? Yeah. And, and we want to answer some basic questions, but sort of be really zoomed out and looking at a bigger picture here. Mm. So hopefully this tool, if, you, if you've been given this episode, if you're someone who's listening to us for the first time and someone has sent you a link, welcome. Yeah, I'm DJ mm. <laughs> and this is Matt with me. And uh, we you know, passionately love the Bible and the Word of God. And we want to try to sort of zoom right out and go, okay, this is a Christian worldview of everything. Yeah, I don't know if that's possible no, that's in good. a short uh, episode. Uh, no, it is possible actually. <laughs> okay, good. I think it's one of the one of the beautiful things about the Christian worldview is is that it can be articulated in in nutshell form. It's a story, mm. uh, and there are lots of elements of the story, but we can give the big picture. Yeah, and that's the goal for this episode. So welcome uh, if you're listening to to us for the first time. And we want to say that the doorway is open, uh, you know, for you to ask questions to us. I'm going to be uh, dropping in halfway through this episode. I'm going to, we'll have a little break and I'll tell you a little bit more about how you can find out more information. But welcome. And let's let's go right back to the very beginning. If we mm. look, we, I, I sort of want to sort of look at it historically as well. Mm. Before there was anything, before, you know, this is where our little human minds can't comprehend and maybe that's the first thing that we need to say is true christianity approaching the bible is not coming to it going well i'm going to understand everything and everything's got an answer yeah Yeah, that's right we're we're told what we need to know so it's not a and 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 that's important for um sort of the modern mindset that is obsessed with information for information's sake so we want to know how the universe was created, what were the natural process, what, you know, it's, we, we have this uh, kind of scientific uh, mindset that just wants to know stuff mm. for the sake of knowing things. Uh, the Bible tells us things for a certain reason yeah. so that we can live and experience reality in, you know, and the most important aspects of reality. And so um, it's not just a, a description of reality, it's an yeah. invitation into uh, into that reality, mm. in and and it's it's doing that from the perspective, it's taking the perspective that unless we are in a right relationship with God, we are actually not living in reality. Mm. We're living in a kind of dissociative, uh, self-created, alternate reality. Yeah, yeah, and that's been the testimony of many Christians throughout the history who have. <coughs> who have experienced the before and after of Christianity in their yeah, life. Yeah, that's right. The most famous one recently, uh, you know, someone who I, 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 I'm following very avidly, Kanye West, yeah. you know, having a very public conversion. Yeah. And, you know, we're not vouching for anybody here. Yeah. But he, in an interview, he basically said, I was dead yeah. and now I'm alive. Yeah. 
I didn't see anything before yeah. and now I see reality. Yeah. You know, he pretty much said yeah. the same thing. So we want to sort of, I mean, even though we're saying we're not going to be able to answer everything and give, like tie everything up in a bow, we do want to, we do believe that Christianity answers the questions of where did we come from, why are we here, and where are we going? And yeah. by we say we, we mean the whole human race. Yeah. So if we go right back to the beginning, we start at the beginning, before there was the created universe, yeah. there was an entity, and there always has been an entity, and mm. this is where our little minds start rattling, called that we call, and for the sake of this episode, we'll call God. That's right, yeah. Uh, God exists in three persons. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at you. Yeah, you're looking at me. Uh, <laughs> at, well, it's um, and, and I and I just want to make a little philosophical point here, right, uh, I if, love it. if I may, because as soon as we go back beyond the space time universe, we go into a reality that our minds cannot be even begin to penetrate. Great. Okay. So, uh, any question that anyone has about that is an, is essentially an unanswerable question. Yes. But what we do know is that God existed from eternity. Okay, we do know that God existed from eternity, and and we know that there is uh, within God there is this relationship capacity that, in some mysterious sense, mm-hmm. is at least revealed to us in terms of Father, Son, Holy Spirit dynamic. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, now that's that's how again it's revealed to our finite minds and and. Because again, we have to filter everything. As soon as, as soon as God reveals Himself in space and time, yeah. uh, we get a whole bunch of paradoxes. Yeah. This has often been pointed out. Yeah, and, w- and one of the best examples, you know, and it's a very visual example. So bear with us for a second. Is if you were living in a two D space, yeah. if you were an yeah. entity that just lived in two dimensions, yeah. like on a plane of piece of paper, and you had no capacity yeah. to think of depth at all. Yeah. If a being turned up that was 3D, you'd have a very limited capacity to be able to speak of that. In the same way, God entering into our 3D reality world, we have a very limited capacity to explain this 3D. Now, a lot of people will say, uh, well, nothing exists outside of this explainable universe. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a very narrow and small view. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, there are many things about... Uh, the uh, the universe, many points that we get to that are f- what fundamentally unknowable. Mm. There's an interesting book I'm reading at the moment. It's not by a Christian, but it's called The Island of Knowledge. And it's underscoring the fact that there are many, many things, science is encountering many things that are fundamentally unknowable. Yep. So it's not like, oh, we might get to a stage where we're working out. No, no, it's actually fundamentally unknowable and, for the human mind. And, and I think it's part of growing up and being a mature human being that we begin to understand that the more knowledge we acquire, the more wisdom we acquire as we get older, hopefully we are yeah. acquiring, you know, getting more yeah. knowledge and wisdom, the more we realise we don't know. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> is we, we want to think we know everything and we want to grasp the universe and, and that's part of our God complex. Remember I said, you know, that the Bible is written to us uh, against the backdrop of a humanity that are living in a kind of sub alternate not even a sub but an alternate reality yes. that they have created for themselves where we are the gods of our universe and particularly in modern times where we have this strange subject object relationship with the world around us you know we are these subjects you know these that that kind of probe everything and yes. and the world 
world around us like in kind of godlike fashion. Yeah. And and we if we can't know reality as an object that we can grasp, then we will not even attribute yeah. any truth or we'll just say it's non-reality, you know. Okay, so so going right back to that beginning, you know, God exists in a We're going to have to move along. I know, I know. <laughs> that's, that's that's okay. This is but this stuck on the beginning. I, I think this is important to get the right. So God exists in a in a in a perfect harmonious relationship of what we call God God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a triunity oneness and and at some point that being God that yeah. we, we, we call the almighty God, the only God, decided to create our reality, our well, our, our yeah. dimension, our universe, yeah. whatever you want to call, and a heavenly dimension, populate it with beings, yeah, so that they could exp- so the beings that he creates experiences the harmonious relationship that he has. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so he creates the universe. So the universe has a beginning. Yep. Now, for a long time, people did. People, uh, scientists, even doubted that. It's only relatively in recent history mm. that scientists that we sort of discovered. Oh, actually, yep, our universe did have a beginning. Mm. Um, uh, scientists call it the Big Bang. We would call it the creation event. Okay. Mm. Mm. Now, that's recorded in Genesis, and there are there are basically four things. That Genesis tells us who God is, yes, what God does or is doing, yep, in the world, mm-hmm. and who we are, and what we're meant to be doing. Yep. That's a great way to okay. put it. Yep. So that's that. That really is. That's the main thing. Now, this is important because it's not trying to tell us everything. No. Uh, Genesis is telling us who did it and yep. why. Yep. Not not necessarily all of the all of the. Processes in yeah. of how it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a periodic table in there yeah, that explains yeah. what God was exactly. thinking yeah. when He made it. No. Yeah, that's right. So, so I think that's that's the important thing. So, the, because people, when the Bible came about, people believed in many gods, mm-hmm. um, and the Bible is set in in a sense saying, and we've covered this in a previous previous episode. Well, there are spiritual beings, but you've got it wrong because in, in one sense because. There is one ultimate creator God who created all beings, and and again, there's this. Um, it's written against a backdrop of something has gone wrong. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. essentially, cl- clearly, when we look at the world today and and we look at history, and something went wrong, right? Yeah. Well, I would even go even one step further, Matt, to say that we look in our own selves. Yeah. We look in our own lives, yeah. our own hearts, our own relationships and family, and we go something's That's gone right. wrong. Yeah. I don't know what it is. That's right. I can't explain it. So we trace that back right to the beginning and we see that at some point God determined, for want of a better word and for the sake that of, of this episode, I'm going to call it a kingdom. God decided to create a kingdom, a kingdom that both had a heavenly realm and an earthly realm. And when yeah. I say heavenly, I mean a spiritual yeah, yeah. dimension. <clears throat> he populated both of them with beings yeah. in the spiritual realm, again, yeah. for the sake of ease We'll say angelic beings, yeah, yep, yep, that's fine. Uh, but and on the earthly realm, he created humanity. Yep. Now he decided in this earthly realm of this amazing creation he made of Earth that was perfect, harmonious, yep. plant life. It, the yep. environment was great. Everything perfectly was perfectly fine tuned. Yes, thing, animals, yep. humanity, yep. everything working together perfectly. He decided that in this, like that, God Himself would be king, or uh, you know the ultimate God in the heavenly realm, and what He says in heaven goes. But on earth, He decided, 
Yeah, so he gives authority on the earth to human beings. Yeah. And this is almost like a almost like a king giving a province over there yeah. a governor yeah. or a or a commander right. and said, yeah. You're in charge. That's you're right. my you're my you know Yeah, so we have not only a powerful God, yes. but an empowering God. Beautiful. A God who gives out of his power. This is actually, by the way, a, a stunning new idea in the ancient world. Mm. Uh, ancient peoples believed that human beings were just the lowly kind of servants uh, of the gods. But mm. um, the Bible is saying to us, no, no, actually, we are the children of God. We, we are created in the image of God. Mm. And God gave authority to us over this realm. Mm. Now, this is an important part of the story because it's going to explain a lot. Uh, it explains everything, I yeah, think. Yeah. Because the first question is, and let me play again, dear listener, you're listening with us. You might be going, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why? Why did this God guy create these human beings and these spiritual beings with the capacity or the ability yeah. to rebel? Yep. Or to say no to God, or to sin, or whatever way you want to phrase it. Yeah, it, it's a little bit like in in the hardest moments of parenting, we ask ourselves, why did <laughs> why did we even have children? Yeah. Well, what? But that's a good question. Why do we have children? There's something um, within us created, because remember, we are created in the image of God. Amen. There is a love, a relational capacity within us mm. that that has to be. It, well, for us, it has to be expressed. But and and in terms of God, you know, God um, wants this love to flow out and and give it expression. I'm 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 trying to stop short of saying that God has to do things. Yes. Um. So, so why did God create us for the same reason that we would have children? And we would have children. We know that our children, uh, uh, conceivably, uh, could turn against us, could rebel, could go against. But we nevertheless desire. That, rel- that yeah, if, parent-child relationship with and, and, and bringing that, you know, let's expand on that illustration of a parent and a child. If I had one of my baby boys, and we're both dads here, and we both have three children each, mm. if it, when one of the, our children was born, a doctor came to us and said, now listen, we've got this great new technology. I just, you know, just go in through the nose and yeah. go tinkle, 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 and the child will never rebel in fact he will do exactly what he, you want yeah. him to do or her to do all their entire life how, how about we do it <laughs> of course you would go you monster what As, i don't want a robot yeah i don't want a robot i want a human being i want a child i and we can't really like if if i could or the other or the other alternative thing is if you've got a loved one in your life if you've got someone you're desiring desiring to love in your life wherever you are in your in your journey if I could come along as a genie and said, I will wave a magic wand and that person will love you unconditionally, do everything you always yeah. wanted them to forever, yeah. do you want me to do it? Well, of course, because that's not real love. Yeah. That's not what That's else. exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I think God God knows that, of course. That's and, right. And he, he wants his subjects, yeah. his kingdom, to respond to him out of a true relationship, out yeah, of that's a real right. relationship. Yeah. And so there was... The potential then for that to go wrong, yeah. and the point is it did go wrong, and because God says uh, He gives this realm to human beings, so you're in charge here. Mm. Uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, and and the big idea is that God in Genesis one and two is that God created this perfectly ordered universe mm. and made man the stewards of that order in the world. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, now we have we had a choice as to whether we would do that, keep God's order or not. Yeah. And uh, Genesis chapter three records basically man's rebellion against against God's order. In 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 and again, I'll, I'll come back to this: is in our in this earthly realm, in this dimension yeah. that we're in, because there was a, also a rebellion in yeah. the heavenly realm. Yeah. And so the one kind of crosses into yes. the other. So in a sense, what happens is that there is this, there is a rebellion in the spiritual realm. And we don't, it's, it's difficult to say whether it's before or whether that was actually it or, but the fact is it crosses over into the earthly realm and we are drawn as human beings, we are drawn into that rebellion. Yeah. Um, and so the biblical worldview, and it's important to recognize that there is this universe of spiritual activity mm-hmm. and we're a part of all of that as yes. well yes and and so so the issues of life are not just um what we can see see and yes. it's actually there is an unseen realm as well that we're living in the midst of and so we see right at the beginning the unseen realm and the earthly realm sort of cross over and in in in, in the picture that we have in 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 genesis it's in this idyllic state in this place called the garden of eden and the satanic rebellion that has happened in yeah. the spiritual yeah. realm is, is is done by an entity that we, for the sake of this episode, will call Satan, though yeah. we don't don't really know what his name is. Yeah. He doesn't really He's have a name. name. Satan is is means the accuser, you know, adversary. And, and, yeah, the adversary. So this adversary, this rebellious spiritual entity who has fallen from God, yeah. has decides that if he can get his uh, governor, his administrator in this realm yeah. to to bow to him, he can have a kingdom as well. That's right. He can. God has his kingdom. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have my kingdom That's as right. well. I want to be like God yeah. and I need subjects for my kingdom. God's got all these subjects, these spiritual beings and these earthling yeah. things, these humans. Yeah. If I can get the humans to bow to me, then I will have control of this. Yeah, that's right. And that is what we see. That's, that's exactly what we see. And that is, and again, the reason why we're taking a bit long right here at the beginning. And of so, and and to extend that, yeah, that's where we get, and and I think that's the way that in the Bible they see the gods. Mm-hmm. How did we get all of these the different gods of the nations? Mm all of which created very complex and very onerous religious systems that involve things like child sacrifice. Oh. And, and so the Bible writers say, how did this come, you know, how did this come about? And, and they are seeing th- th- these stories um, that, that are given prophetically through these figures as mm. the God's answer to this is how this came about. Um, yep. That there is this spiritual rebellion, mm-hmm. and you've got Satan and these demonic entities that are playing God. Mm. They're trying to be like God, mm. and and and, and, yep. and it's very important to note here. Very important to note because if you're coming to this story for the first time, or you've seen snippets from cartoons that we grew yep. up in, it's not an equal fight. No, Satan doesn't live in hell and poke people with a pitchfork mm. or anything like that. Demons aren't doing that. They, there is a spiritual force. There's basically my worldview of, and I think the biblical worldview of the entire history and what we're living in right now is God's kingdom is in conflict with Satan's kingdom. Yeah, It's not an equal fight. No. But because God had given us the authority yeah. and the responsibility to look after this earth and we sold ourselves out to be part yeah. of Satan's kingdom... 
it is a war that he is allowing to go on to so that he is proven right in the end like his yep. his way and everything That's is right. right in a sense god is is honoring that authority that he gave to us you know when god empowers he doesn't disempower yeah. and so we chose the world that we live in yeah you know we chose the as and i'm talking corporately human beings yeah and th- this corporate way of thinking actually is another very important feature of mm-hmm. the some people say well i didn't no yeah. no the, yeah the bible is always thinking we yeah and we share in this in the, a sense of corporate responsibility mm. Mm. Uh, because we all suffer that corporate responsibility mm. um uh, so so we we can't, we got the world that we chose, yeah, and and God is committed to allowing those consequences to follow, yeah. Because again, it's about empowerment. Empowerment means you make a choice, and what you choose actually happens. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll let you, I'll, I'm gonna. I love you enough to see you and honor what your choice is yeah, going to. That's be. right. So so everything goes wrong, and uh, immediately God wants to make things right yeah and that involves you know primarily um of course ultimately it's dealing with a broader spiritual rebellion but remember he is he's committed to working through us yeah so um he he's going to do it through us yeah and and that's why god just doesn't click his fingers and make it all right yeah because actually no Things have gone wrong here, yeah. and this is our realm, and so we need to be involved in this. And again, there is again, there is a mystery to God. There is mm. a mystery. There's a mystery to God because part of us can't help but think, well, if it was me, I would just go. I press the delete or alt yeah. control delete and go start again. Would and you know do it. You know do it again. But God's this is not. Yeah, I know. You know. And and there are some people that are going to think, ah, oh, this just sounds you know, like a, a story or like some kind of myth, or you know. But the fact is, getting back to my initial point, um, it, it, everything becomes paradoxical when the things of God mm. that belong outside of space-time, you know, when they land in space and time, it's not always going to be something that makes sense, Yeah. you yeah. know, that you can probe every aspect. Well, why, do, why did think questions like, well, if God knew, didn't God know that that would going to, so why did he... Why did he allow that in the fir- there, there mm. first place? There are lots of questions about God mm. that are just unanswerable. Yeah, we yeah. just know. No, well, this is just the way that God does it. And, and that and that theme, and to that, a certain extent, we know why. And that and that point that you've just said, Matt, I think is important. We'll bring that up again later on. But so this is what Christians call the fall. You know, this this story that we have about you know Adam and Eve in the garden is about the fall, and and a few things that happen in the fall is that we that humanity experiences mm-hmm. death. Mm. And when we say death, we mean twofold death. We mean a death physically of yep. our physical bodies, yep. bec- and because we understand that originally they weren't created to die like that. But there's also a death spiritually mm. of our spiritual nature and our capacity to relate to God on that yeah. spiritual thing yeah, that is right. that, that has been killed. We see also that man's ability, our ability to care for the earth, changed. Yeah. Yep. Not only our capacity to to care, but the Earth's capacity, its very mm. nature is changed, yep. and become and, you know and, and, and becomes corrupt. Our relationship between the sexes, between man and woman, is changed yep. in in that in yep. that decision. And lastly, and the overarching thing that I'm trying to get to here is that man and mankind becomes a subject in Satan's kingdom. Yeah. 
and and he he hands over the reins in a sense to Satan to to, right. to to rule the world. So, so we we become subject to the gods. Yes. Now in a biblical world, because and and people might say, oh well, not anymore, because there's no, we we don't worship gods. Uh, yeah, we do actually. <laughs> I mean, we, in fact, I would say today we are living in, in the most dogmatic, in in many ways the most dogmatic society in terms of all go this way, yep. bow down to these values, yes. um, yep. give your life uh, sacrificing for these goals, yep. become this sort of person. Yep. That's religion. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, and, and it's actually as onerous now mm. uh, as it, as religion ever was yeah. in, in, you know, and you know, like I've been to say India and seen Hinduism and, and, you know, and that's what we think of as something close to like that ancient polytheistic, you know, many gods yeah. religion. Um, but actually, no, in, in the materialistic West, oh, there are still gods that oh, we worship. And we're, and, and we're still yeah. as religious as that's ever. That's right. And so the thing is, if, you, if God is not your God, mm. it creates, if you step out from under God's authority, an authority vacuum is created over your life. Yeah. Like, and... And we don't have the power to resist the inevitable influences that are going to push us. You know, it's like putting a cork in the ocean. We, we're going to get tossed around. We might think that we're in control of our own lives. Yeah. Not really ultimately. Yeah. So when God is not your God, uh, other gods will be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, amen. And right at the, and so, so this sets up what I believe is the main thrust of entire history, the entire yeah, Bible, yeah. everything here. And God, and some people, some theologians in the past have called it the first gospel or they've, you know, used different phrases for it. But right at the beginning, when when the fall happens, God says to this Satan entity, basically, and we're going to paraphrase it a little yeah. bit here, the offspring of the woman mm. will... Will you know you, you know Satan will bite his heel, yeah. but the offspring of the woman will crush your head. That's right. Meaning destroy your kingdom. Yeah. That's the future. There's going to be yep. a redeemer. Yeah. Genesis three fifteen. It is a stunning yeah. promise. Yeah. It's, it's the. It's basically the story of the rest of the Bible in a, <laughs> in in one picture. Yeah. You know he, he's going to strike, the heel of the seed of the woman. Yeah. Uh, and. There is the seed of the woman who's going to crush the head. Now, why the seed of the woman? Because it's it has to be someone who is a human being. Amen. Okay, but because it's our job. Mm. But also remember, humanity as a whole is under the, you know, under the power of Satan. So, in a sense, it ha also has to be someone who is both fully human, mm. but also divine in the mm. sense that really only God yep. is the only. This has to be. Salvation has to come from the outside, but it has to be worked out from the inside. Because remember, God is committed to uh, empowering yeah, us. Exactly, and that's that's how. So ultimately, that's how we get to uh, the Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, that's a that's a big fast forward. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's an important thing to state because yeah. it's always there, right? Yes. It's always the goal. Yeah. And basically, what God is going to do from here is that He is going to save us from the power of our gods. Mm -hmm. He's going to save us from oppression. You know, um, Isaiah chapter 61, the sovereign Lord has anointed me to, you know, f set people free mm. from darkness and and so forth. Mm. And um, 
So there's this um, theme that runs through the Bible of God, saving his people from oppression. Yeah. Now you get uh, to, to can, can I speed forward now to summarizing well, just, a bit of the story? I just, I just want to say one more thing about the Redeemer. Sorry, Matt, I don't want to tell you yeah, what yeah. you can and can't say here. But one, this is the, I, I want to paint something about the Redeemer that we I believe is important to keep in mind yeah. as we read through the Bible. Again, I'm going to keep coming back to this. The entire history of the world and our history right now is the conflict between Satan's kingdom yeah. and God's kingdom. Now, pre-Jesus Christ, uh, you know, and even, even now, what the Redeemer, what this Redeemer character will be that God promises right at the beginning yeah. is someone who's going to uh, rectify mm. each of those fallen elements. Yeah. You you die spiritually and physically, I will solve that. Mm. The earth is corrupt and you don't have a right re yeah. relationship with the earth, I will fix that. Yeah. Uh, you do not have a right relationship with each other. You know, yeah. there's fighting and war. Even in, in personal relationships, I will solve that. Yeah. And ultimately, this kingdom that you're a part of, I will vanquish yeah. and destroy the Satan yeah, kingdom that's right. and set up my own. That's what the Redeemer is going right. to do. Yeah. So now I think it's important to say at this point, lest this is just an intellectual exercise, yeah. you can actually know for sure that this is true. So it's like we're not left to see, uh, okay, um, do we accept this because it's just the best explanation? Yeah. No, we accept this and we know that it's true mm. by actually letting it become true of us. Oh. So, you know, if we call on the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, can you set me free from the powers of darkness? Mm. Your life will change. <laughs> like, you know, like this has happened to me. This, yeah. is, not just, this is not just a theory. Amen. This has actually happened to me. And it's important to say it hasn't just happened to you, Matt. It hasn't just happened to me, DJ. <clears throat> this We are here sharing a group testimony of countless hundreds and hundreds of thousands of human beings. Yeah. I'm going to even be as bold and sort of say pre and post Jesus Christ, yeah. who, is, who, say, who says, I have put my faith entirely in this Redeemer yeah. and it is paid off. That's right. In the ultimate way. Yeah. So we're sort of cutting to the end. We're sort of cutting to the end of, end of that. We want to break down what all of that means and have another look at history. So I'm going to leave you. We're going to leave you just for a second. We're going to have a bit of a break. I've got something really important to tell you in the break, but we're going to come back in just a moment and flesh out the rest of this big picture. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to Thrive Perspectives. DJ Payne here from thrivetoday.tv. For some, I'm an old mate, and hopefully for a lot more, I'm a brand new friend. I want to tell you a little bit about what we do on thrivetoday.tv, and also I've got a very special offer just for you. On thrivetoday.tv, the main thing that we do is put out the Thrive Daily Reading Guide from Matt Jacoby. These reading guides are chock full of amazing wisdom as we go through together the Word of God. 
in a cycle of about seven years in bite-sized chunks that allows us to thrive in our day-to-day life. They're available in physical copies and also in electronic copies on your Kindle or whatever you want to e-read on. Not only do we do the Thrive Daily Reading Guide as a guide, but we also do a podcast that accompanies that, Thrive Deeper. Thrive Deeper goes deeper into the Word of God as we look through that to go a little bit more than what we can do on just a little booklet, and we want to expand it out and broaden your horizon and help you to thrive in your Christian life. Now, the other podcast that we do, the one that you're listening to right now, is Thrive Perspectives. Thrive Perspectives is a new podcast where we're looking at the world through a Christian lens. Now, on this episode of Thrive Perspectives, we are being pretty ambitious. Our goal is to look through the big picture of the entire universe and everything in an hour. Can we do it? You're going to have to listen to find out. But to accompany this podcast, we want to give you something very, very special. A resource that we've created called Thrive New Christians. Thrive New Christians is a 50-day program, just one page a day, as we look through what it means to be a Christian and getting people started on the journey of faith. Now, if this podcast that we've done, Thrive Perspectives, The Big Picture, is very helpful and you want to continue this journey into Christianity, we want to give you one of these copies for free, totally for free. All you need to do is head over to thrivetoday.tv, look for the Contact Us page, and in the contact form, just mention you want a copy of Thrive New Christians. Tell us that you've been listening to Thrive Perspectives and give us your address and we'll post it out to you. It's that simple, totally for free. Now, if you've got someone you'd love to bless with a copy of Thrive New Christians, please get them to fill out the form and we can send it to them as well. Share this episode and uh, can we do it? Can we get through the entire history and the future of the world through a Christian perspective in one hour? We're going to have to listen to the podcast to find out. All right. Thank you so much. It's DJ Payne here. Let's get back to Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives. It's your host, DJ Payne. Sitting opposite me here at the table is Matthew Jacoby, and we just want to welcome you back into this discussion about the Christian big picture. It's almost like Christian philosophy 101 mm. of what we're looking at here, the worldview that we see everything through. So we've set up the we've set up the major drama of life that there is a conflict between God's kingdom mm-hmm. and Satan's kingdom, and there is a coming redeemer being promised. And so in light of that, we see the whole of history as basically the satanic kingdom trying to destroy the members of God's kingdom. Mm. And, you know, this the line of what, you know, yeah. that this Redeemer will come through. But then also, if he can't destroy them outright, he will pervert them yeah. with some sort of sin or drag them back into his kingdom in some way. That's right. So as you said before, um, you've got these spiritual b- beings created by God who 
are in rebellion and playing God themselves. Mm. Now, as you, I think, again, need to underscore, so therefore they're not even close to being equal to God, like yeah. infinitely less than God. And yes. yet, but the, the trick there is, is that, that they, they can stay in rebellion because we kind of gave them permission. Mm-hmm. So, and as long as, you know, th- th- we're sort of harboring a cr- criminal as long as we're part of their rebellion. Yeah. So God wants to make things right in the world, in all the respects um, that you've said. Now, the key point here is that he needs to involve humanity. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, uh, it's going to involve uh, a redeemer who is fully man, but because we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, ultimately only God can do it. Yeah. He's also going to be fully God. Okay, this yes. is when we get to Jesus. Uh, but God, uh, God begins his plan by calling, now you've got to start somewhere, and remember he's committed to working th- through people. Yep. So he's got to start somewhere, and so he calls a person, yep. and that person is Abraham. And this is this is going back, what, nearly 3,000 years before Christ? Uh, so this is 2,000 BC. Oh, two th- 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 sorry, 2,000. Seven, s- 1,700 to 2,000 BC, yep. depending on, on your, d- your dating. Okay, yep. And he says to Abraham... Hmm. Uh, against the backdrop of a world that is really under God's curse because it's in rebellion. And God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you uh, into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Okay. Mm. So I'm going to create a people who are going to live under my blessing. Going to be part of my yeah, kingdom. That's right. So yeah. so I'm going to seed in heaven, yeah. in, in, in this heavenly realm, I'm going to seed on earth this kingdom, yeah. and I'm going to start building this kingdom. And now, question, was there anything special about Abraham? Nothing. He was just a, a regular, regular guy. Yeah. Was he great? No. Was he, you know, did he have, you know, we, we don't know much, but we just, we know from, from other verses that there was nothing spe- like... Well, yeah, God didn't go looking for the godliest person he could find. No. Uh, he, he, again, why Abraham, well, we just aren't, t- we are not told that. Mm. But he calls Abraham and he says to Abraham, leave everything, leave your family, uh, everything behind, go to the land, I will show you. Massive move for an ancient person. And God's, so, so the promise is that God is going to make him into a great nation and, and through this people, this kingdom, mm-hmm. this family of God, of people living under God's um, sovereignty, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the whole earth is under God's sovereignty, even the evil realm. But those who are willingly part of God's family, yeah. through them, God is going to bring about a redeemer through that family who is going to redeem the whole world. The whole world. So he says, so through you, all of the ends of the earth are going to be blessed yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Now, this is, this is important because regional gods and regional religions didn't have visions that big. This is not just a tribal faith. From the start, this is a faith that says this is about redeeming the whole earth, mm. redeeming all of those nations there mm. from the oppressive gods that they are subject to. Exactly. So through Abraham, Abraham is the is the you know the forefather, the patriarch, whatever word you want to call him there. But he's basically the person that God decided to start this journey with. Yeah. Now, you know, fast forward. Yeah. Eventually, through those li- you know the lines of Abraham, his descendants end up in Egypt yep. as slaves. God raises another man th- through these people, yep. uh, a descendant of Abraham, in the person of Moses. Right. And that 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 time 
the what's known as the patriarchal period, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, mm. is very important because God uses time to reveal himself. Mm. And, and it's not just abstract. Like God is revealing himself to these people, mm. showing them that he is going to love them and bless them. They're going to struggle to trust God. And you get this story. Mm. But through the story, what we learn is that despite our failings, God is faithful mm. and that he blesses those who have faith in him. Exactly. Okay. Now that, and we learn that over generations. So when subsequent people prayed, they always would pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because now he's not an unknown God. He's a God that actually has revealed himself through his interaction mm. with our forefathers, and that's the patriarchs. So um, so one of the things that, uh, that, that we see in that period is, again, the, it's like the, the spiritual forces wanting to enslave these people again. You always get yes. this this theme. This the conflict. That's right. This because God has saved this people from oppression mm. to the gods of you know th this world, th these demonic gods, mm. and but we're going to see all the way that these gods are going to try and get them back again. Yeah, and then and we and see that's that where we get that's what we get in Egypt. Yeah, and uh, it's a massive story. And you've probably seen it or so, or read about it or seen a cartoon version the of it. Story of the Exodus. That's the story right. of the Exodus. Moses, you know, let my people go, taking them away from Pharaoh. There's plagues, yeah. and he finally gets the people through. They go through the Red Sea, and then we enter enter into another, uh, you know, God revealing Himself in a different way to these growing Israelites, that's these right. growing people. And revealing more about himself and how to live with one another. Yeah. What are the you know the commandments yeah. to live by? Because it's important to note that when God calls these people into His kingdom, it doesn't mean that they're perfect. In fact, all oh, of the right. yeah. all of the records that we see, they're wildly not perfect. Yeah. They're still sinners. They're still making mistakes and yeah. doing wrong things yeah. and and deciding for themselves. But all the way through, God is saying, that's okay. I'm going to redeem you. Stay in faithful relationship to me and I will cover yeah. all of those wrongdoings yeah. and make sure that we have a relationship. Yeah, that's right. So God brings them out of Egypt. And it's always understood um, that what happens in Egypt in the Exodus and the Ten Plagues is God defeating the gods of Egypt. It's always it's there in the mm. text. God mm defeats the gods of Egypt to free his people. Yeah. So they are set free, not just from political oppression, but it's seen as spiritual oppression. Exactly. Brings them out to Mount Sinai, gives them, God gives them his law. Okay. Yeah. Now, so now for a couple of reasons, because they need to know how now to become this people who God wants them to be. God has called them to be like a, a, a they're going to be mediators of yes. God's self-revelation to the world. So yeah. they need like to... Like ambassadors from yeah, another country right. in, 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 a, in the that's world right. that they live in. So they need to live the way that God wants. They need to be distinct. Mm. So number one, they need to not worship. I'm, I'm going to summarize here. Yeah. They need to love God above everything. Yes. And they need to love their neighbors, yeah. their, their fellow... Uh, so they need to demonstrate as a, as a Jewish people... Uh, and uh, sorry, as the Israelites yeah. um, uh, later on, they become yeah, known, later, the Jews, they become yes. known as the Jews. So they are going to demonstrate what this looks like to the watching world. Yeah. Now you know, and so um, elements. So, so there's this kind of moral, spiritual law that God gives them. Or mixed in there is, well, they've got they've got to live as a nation as well. And so yeah. you've got you've got laws that are 
very similar to the world around that are incorporated into that that are about living I guess a civil in a sense a civil law. same as a civil yeah. like very you know their version of the That's civil right. laws that we live that, in. and and that tends to get a lot of criticism and won't get bogged on this but actually it's it's a big step forward yeah now you can't step 10 steps so it's one step at a time yes. and this is where the story thing is important yeah. because we're, we're going to move forward slowly you know and and it's by by degrees so the question is are they going god's saying okay i'm going to take you into a space a new space like a new eden like mm-hmm. the beginning i'm going to be with you there and live with and and uh and that's where uh, if you keep my law god says then uh, then w- you know we'll, you'll live in the land and you'll be blessed. But if you don't, it'll be like being expelled from the Garden of Eden again. Yeah. Okay. So they go into the land to cut a long story short. Yeah. Um, and the question is, are they going to follow God, or are they going to go back and worship the gods of the nations? And to answer, and to, and over over the next you know, uh, you know, fa- thousand plus years of history, they do both. There are seasons, right, you yeah. know. There are seasons of these amazing kings, people that you would have heard of, like King David, King Solomon, other kings, and the kingdom, you know. But then there's all these ungodly kings and people who go, you know, into, you know, get, right. get sucked into Satan's kingdom, and it ends up fracturing, you know, the people. They separate. Yeah. They get taken over by other nations. It's a battle. In, in other words, it's a battle. Yeah. And I think this is the way to put it. It's a conflict it's, all the way that's through. That's right. So we, you sense these gods trying to get back hold of these people. Yeah. And, you know, the warnings are there from the beginning. We, you have to be so, so careful because they're, it's like these gods are poised to try to get you back. And and whenever they do, they, you know, they end up, I mean, they get go into awful practices like, you know, sacrificing their children and, mm. you know, when they come under the oppression of these gods. So eventually, um, God casts them out of the land. Yeah. In this, and this is a season that, you know, that is a very pivotal, excuse me, and this is a season that's very pivotal in understanding, you know, the Bible and also God's plan is a season of what is known as the exile. Yeah. And the exile is where the remainder of the Israelites, the Jewish people, the, yeah. the southern kingdom, yeah is taken into Babylon and they are exiled for 70 years uh, you know from their land yeah. and they have to learn what it really means to be part of God's kingdom and how they're going to yeah. get back and understand yeah. that he is king and sometimes sometimes you can't win until you've lost yeah. <laughs> like you know they they are crushed mm. you know and but in having been crushed it's like this war that's gone on of you know between like the God, the God's trying to get them back, and they've they've kind of lost, right? Mm. They worship the gods of the nations. They got plundered again by the gods of the nations. Now they're exiles in Babylon, mm. and you know, for ancient people, that means that you are. It's like Egypt again. Oh, we're back in Egypt. Yeah. We're subject to the gods of the nations. So it's here, and, and you think, oh, it's all failed. It's all gone wrong. Mm. No, 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 it hasn't, because actually they've learnt something. Mm. They've learnt that to win this battle. They've learnt what it's going to take to win this battle. And here is where you get some of the most amazing promises in the Bible, uh, promises that uh, God is going to send a deliverer who is going to save them 
from spiritual oppression. Yes. Uh, and, and it's going to be God's anointed, God's Messiah. God is going to pour his spirit into the hearts of his people. Mm. It's like, you can't do this on your own. Do you see? Do you see? And they're, you know, they're saying, yep, yep, we really messed it up. Yeah. So he's, God's saying, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to send my deliverer to deliver you from darkness, and I'm going to give you a new heart. And so they... Uh, they, they come out of exile, and I mean, this that in itself is amazing because it was prophesied it was going to be 70 years, and it was 70 years. Yes. And, uh, you know, the whole story is like prophecy fulfillment, prophecy fulfillment, you mm. know. Mm. And, you know, they, they come back to the land and, you know, they, they reestablish the, you know, it's the sort of state of Judea, mm. and they're waiting and they're waiting for the Messiah to come. And meanwhile, in that region, you know, we have the Greeks come through and dominate yeah. everything. Then we have the Romans come through and they're yeah. ruling everything. And then we get the most pivotal point in the history of the universe. Yeah. And that is the birth, the life and the death of Jesus Christ, yeah. where our calendar is is split in two yeah. uh, from BC to AD. Um and it is in, and as a Christian, we believe that it is Jesus Christ, and that's, that's right. not his last yep. name, that's his title, Jesus the Christ, is that he is this promised redeemer, this promised man who mm. is 100% human, yep. but 100% God. That's right. And it's a total paradox, yep. and he lived and, and right. breathed and, had, and, and was here yep. with us. So it doesn't come out of nowhere. Remember, it's been anticipated, it's been prophesied, there are hundreds of prophecies impossible to rig you can't just turn up and say hey i'm the messiah yep. people did you know and it just doesn't work it doesn't all fit together um there was to be a prophet who was to come and be the forerunner to point to him there were so many things that there, there was to be you know the miracles yes. and he was going to be born in a certain place he was going to be of a certain lineage yep. he was going to do certain things he was going to be raised from the dead. Yeah. I mean, try to yeah. you know try to rig that one. He was going to die in a certain way. He was going to you know all these different things. Yeah, you know he was going to be betrayed. He was like all the different things. Yeah, the life of Christ in the 33, 34 years that he lived. Yeah, fulfilled, not one, not two. Yeah, but every one. That's right. And the, in, the the amazing thing there is that what we see in the life of Christ is from beginning to end is Jesus defeating the powers of darkness. Mm -hmm. This is, he's casting Satan out. You get all these demonic manifestations and Jesus casting Satan out. He is reversing the brokenness of humanity. So the healings are signs of that. He, he shows us, as we said, right at the beginning, the fall had a few different things happening. You know, there was a death of spiritual and physical, you know, you know, humans experienced death spiritually and physically. Jesus spoke to that yeah. and demonstrated that he was the master of that. Yeah. Uh, the earth and the environment changed in the fall. Jesus showed that he was a master of the, of the environment yeah. and the earth. Relationship between human beings were all affected. Jesus showed that he could solve that. And lastly, like, as you said, the conflict between Satan's kingdom and mankind's kingdom that was set off by the fall, Jesus openly spoke at length that he was here to settle that That's once right. and for all. That's right, and he's bringing in this kingdom. So the question is, how can ma how is mankind going to be freed from these shackles? Uh, because uh, as we recognized in a previous episode, Satan is very legalistic. No, no, I, I've, I've got a right to have control yes. over these people because they sinned and their guilt is my ticket. Mm. It's like my ticket of ownership right. of yeah. them. Yeah. So what happens is that, and this is the, this is the 
the death blow, Christ comes and in a sense, uh, Satan is allowed to do his worst to Christ. It's like he, he um, talked about himself giving his life as a ransom. Mm. You know, it's like as payment. Mm. And this is payment for... So he sacrifices his life and Satan says, yay, I've, you know, at the crucifixion of Jesus, finally I've destroyed God's Messiah, I've won. But it's in that very event that actually, no, Jesus wins because in that action, and this is, uh, again, this is prophesied beforehand, he actually pays in himself for the guilt of mankind. Yeah, and it's a, it, this is an important point because, again, I know right now if you're listening to this for the first time, there's a hundred questions going, yeah. what, how, why, wasn't there a better way? We, When you understand God, and this is a point that you, you brought up early, Matt, and I think this is a crucial thing that we need to really, you know, hammer, hammer down here, is the whole point of a Christian is coming to God and saying, I've got all these delusions of who you are and who I want you to be. Yeah. I've got all these presuppositions of that you need to be like this and you need to treat yeah. me like this and you need to do this. The Christian is the person that can come to God and say, I give all of that away. Yeah. I let you be God, whoever you are, whatever your yeah. decisions are, you're God. That's right. And if you can't do that, I'm going to be really honest, if you can't go do that, you're going to be the person that says, well, hang on, I don't want you as a God. I want something else as a yep. God. And you're going to walk away yep. from the Christian God. So the point the point of that being is part of God's character being absolutely holy. And by holy, we mean, you know, sinless, perfect, glorious in a way that we can't comprehend. Yep. And separate to anything that is that is wrong or sinful or, or, or evil. Mm. There, in part of because he loves us and wants to have a right relationship with us, part of God's character is also justice and punishment or wrath or another way to say that. Now, that is portrayed in many different ways throughout the entire Bible. There's many different stories that we get an understanding of what that yeah. looks like. One of those things that is prophesied about, and and it's a really, I think it's a key. For me, it's a key part of understanding what Jesus was doing on the cross is this phrase of the, the cup of God's wrath. Yep. God says, I, not one mistake, not one sin, not one evil action goes unnoticed by me. Yeah. And I will make sure that it's all accounted for. Yeah. So, so this is the justice of God. Mm. So everything is accounted for. Mm. Every mistake, they're... they're, they're it's like what is sown has to be reaped. Mm -hmm. um, that's justice. Okay, yeah. God does doesn't just let things go. That that would be uh, unjust. So it's not that just God gets grumpy and and you know gets angry mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, so God wants to embrace human beings, but we're guilty. Mm. We we have this, we have all of this. Con so he, and He wants to bless us, but actually we've reaped bad stuff you know we've reaped wrongdoing and we should reap from that we've sowed wrongdoing sorry yeah. and we should reap the consequences of that yeah. so in uh in uh, isaiah for example that's pictured as as in terms of a cup yeah where all of the consequences are stored up in a cup oh. now jesus said on the night before he died he said 
if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Mm. Now, remember, this isn't God sacrificing someone else. This is God coming to us in human form, Mm. but being fully human Mm. whilst being fully God and in order to reconcile God and human fully. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I, like it's, I mean, the more you think, and this is, we could just think about this oh. forever and ever yep. because it's such a profound, it, it is the turning point moment in history. So God suffers the worst you know, consequences of all of human sin. Mm. He, Satan does his worst. Uh, and and, 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 and quite, you know, according to the picture here, Jesus drinks fully. Yeah, the consequences. Every last drop. Every last drop, that's right. Of that cup of God's wrath, God's punishment, God's ultimate justice, Jesus takes it into himself, onto himself, yep. and becomes that punishment, becomes all of our sin, yep. so he can absorb it all so that we then can have a right relationship. Yep. And all the faith of all the people that lived before Jesus and everyone that comes after Jesus is all pointing back to that one moment that's where right. we say, wait, now, it doesn't stop there. No, that's right. It doesn't stop there. Jesus doesn't just pay and die. Yeah. And, 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 but if he was not the Messiah, if he wasn't God's chosen one, that mm. would be the end of the story. Yeah. And we might that's go, right. well, that's a beautiful story. But no, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And it is the fact that Jesus rises yeah. from the dead. And this is the crucial moment because... Uh, Christianity isn't just a philosophy. It isn't just a theory of reality. It is uh, a statement about the fact that something decisive has happened in the world. Mm. God has actually done something. So Jesus has paid for our sins and he rose again from the dead according according to the scriptures, uh, the predictions of the scriptures. And, And that demonstrates by his... Uh, rising from the dead is referred to as the first fruits, yeah. you know, and and he is showing that the power of death, going back to what we said, has lost its hold yeah. on the human race for all who trust him. So what that means is that we can come back. Remember, I talked about the fact that when we come out from God's covering, we we are tyrannized by other gods. You know, these other yeah. gods uh, lorded over us mm. and oppress us. Now. You can't really just go back to God because once you rebel, you can't go back unless God deals with our guilt because, of course, God can't embrace guilty people and yeah. remain good himself. So uh, so what Jesus does for us is by taking our guilt away is allowing us to come back under God's covering. Mm. And so uh, in, in a sense, the powers of darkness lose their hold because their hold is guilt, yeah. is our guilt. Yeah. But as soon as our guilt is paid for... We can go back under God's covering and we're no longer under the oppression of the powers of darkness. Exactly. So, you know, um, New Testament talks about us being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And um, and this now, the period that we live in now, is a period of God in gathering people from all over the world. Exactly. And God is going to gather people all over the world because the first thing that God is going to do is is reconstitute his family, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Once his family is gathered, then he's going to destroy, purge the earth, destroy the earth, renew the, renew the world yes. as it was meant to be in the beginning yes. and put his family 
back there, in. Yeah. back in, yeah, 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 in place. And that and that's and that's a really simple view, and I love it, Matt. That's a really simple view of the future. So we want to. We've run out of time. We want to. We, we don't. We could talk about this all day long. Obviously, you can hear the passion in our voices. But hopefully, you know, I'm thinking of all the missing bits there. But yeah. that's that's basically the, that's, the trajectory. We yeah. we want to keep it simple. We yeah. want to keep it simple. So to to sort of to sort of resum it again, we believe as Christians that the earth is in conflict between, you know, the powers of evil. You know, whether you want to call them satanic, demonic, whatever. There's a there's a ki- there's two kingdoms at war. Now they're not equal. They're not on level level playing field or anything like that. God's kingdom, of course, is going to prevail because yeah. He is God. And we, as Christians, believe that the only way to be part of God's kingdom, it's not by being perfect. Yeah. It's not a magic wand that are going to make us perfect and never going to sin again. It's us putting our entire lives and our hope and everything into that work of Jesus Christ yeah, that he right. that he he di- he died for us. So, if you you know, hopefully that explains a little bit. Whoever shared this episode with you, I know would love to talk more about it to you. Yeah. And we would love to talk more about mm. it, of course, if we can. So uh, that's our simple way of saying, like, that's the big picture of everything, mm. to bu- the build-up to why the gospel is important. By gospel, you might hear people talking about gospel. The gospel literally means... Good news. Yeah. And that's what we believe Christianity that's is. That's right. It's the best news because we have the opportunity to come back and live life with God. And, you know, it, it is... An amazing opportunity because we actually get to become the people that we were made to be. Mm. And if you want to know that it's true, you, you can only know it's true actually by responding to it. You can't look at this theoretically. There are just some things that you can't know from the outside. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's in order to know that this is true, you know, you need to recognize, connect with that reality in yourself. And I think, I think, um, that we all know that something's wrong with us. Mm. We all know that something's wrong. This isn't right. I, there's something not right about me. Absolutely. But God, you know, God wants to make things right. And the mm. first thing that needs to change is your relationship with God. And we can now come from serving whatever gods we're serving, whatever agendas. God is saying, the door now is open. You can come back to me. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how bad the life you've lived, how much you've rebelled. Mm. Jesus has covered that. The death of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, covers all of that. Uh, so you can just come back. You have complete amnesty. And God is inviting us to come back. And when we do, we are completely forgiven. We become children of God, despite the fact that we're still really dysfunctional. And we begin a life of becoming the people that we were made to be. Yeah. And we serve God. We become God's messengers. Um, and it is the most amazing life because... God fills our hearts by his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know God, not in a theoretical kind of object, you know, subject-object mm-hmm. sense. No, you actually know God because God dwells in your heart and transforms you from within. Like you can get manhandled by God, <laughs> transformed by God. And I've seen it as a pastor. I've seen lives so many lives transformed oh. by the power of God. Yeah. It is absolutely undeniable and it can happen to all of us. One last caveat here. In case anybody th- is thinking that, hang on, Matt and DJ, are you telling me that if I accept Jesus that everything will go swimmingly? Well, everything will be perfect. I'll be transformed and I, I'll be perfect and I won't sin again. No, in fact, the opposite. Because as 
you claim Jesus, as you come under what Jesus has done and and hold on to what he has done as your hope, as he, as your only hope, you are then part of God's kingdom. Yep. You are enemy number one. That's right. Powers of darkness are going to try and get you back. And, and, and you will experience, the conflict continues. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is we know that in the end, you know, and it might not be in this life that we're living right now, and it might be in the next life, or it might yeah. be in whenever. God wins, and we have our relationship restored, and we're part of that God's kingdom. That's right, and that's what I call good news. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>